0: This is KonZenshu, the podcast, episode 322, for the week of January 27th, 2013. What's up, os? Welcome to KonZenshu.
1: The podcast.
0: <laughs> the podcast, or an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan
1: site. KonZenshu.
0: That's right, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of Shigera, Shigera, Shigeru Chipa inspired entertaining. Uh, One yep. of
1: those days.
0: One of them days. Uh, my name is Mike Vegito E X. eggs joining me across the internet, Mr. Hujio Heath, sir. What up, dude?
1: Thanks for having me. It's a... Uh, what was that? That wasn't
0: even like a salute. That was like a tip of the hat kind of flailing your arm.
1: I, I have no idea. No one is supposed to see me. So, <laughs> What up, man? Oh, you know, it's a splendid weekend here at the Casa. And uh, been doing a lot of cleaning, a lot of child playing, and a whole lot of nothing. So it's been
0: We, we did the cleaning. We watch cartoons. Does that count as playing with children?
1: Sure. Why not?
0: We're all children at heart. <laughs> we are. If you're covering Something Dragon like Ball, once you hit the age of 30, I guess you're a child at heart. So uh, let's go with that.
1: But yesterday, you did a bunch of work. For once, I've spent almost an entire weekend doing nothing Dragon Ball related. That's fine. Really
0: weird. We got to do that every once in a while. Trade off the job. I actually didn't do a whole lot. Jake did all the real
1: work, and that's kind of how it usually
0: is. (laughs) It is. So uh, we're our topic this week is kind of a a two-part topic, talking about content that's on the website slash sorta on the website slash a guide that will re premiere maybe two years from now on the website sorta kind of content related.
1: So this hasn't completely motivated you to just jump right in and get this guide done
0: transformation guide f no man (laughs) i will revisit that in years that is fine it's not quite the 10th anniversary of it oh shit yes it is yes it is so it has to get done oh my god i'd have to go back and see when did we actually debut the transformation guide i think it may have been in the relaunch year of 2003.
1: When you were highly motivated.
0: Man, when I was still in college and had free time. uh, Yeah, mm. so what we're covering this episode is uh, some translation work that Julian's done finishing up all the Tenka Ichi Densetsu translations, interviews, things. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Super Saiyan Grade 5, which is super, super awesome fun. Uh, I did ask Jake, I was like, hey, are you actually still around to talk about this? Because that would be a great, it's like, not." Sorry, not available.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, where he is, it's not very conducive to recording.
0: Right. So I didn't tell him yet, but we're totally stealing his material to talk about it without him. So so Jake, hey, you get to hear about what you wrote about. Uh, So that's what's on deck this episode, Heath. Uh, I would like to keep it a relatively concise episode. I got stuff to do. You got stuff to do. I have a busy week. So shall we talk about news?
1: We shall. All right, to begin, we have January 22nd, uh, Toei Animation finally, finally posted the very last section of the website, which was not yet live, which was the character page. And everyone's been waiting for this for a while, and we can see why, because there are some very nice profiles to all of the major characters that will be uh, seen in the movie. We also had some voice actor confirmations and I think some stuff we kind of wanted to take a little closer look at.
0: Yeah, at the same time, a lot of this material came from the promotional media packet that was sent out to places. So there was no new information uh, there with regard to the characters, especially Uisu, which we keep talking about. We know nothing about this dude, but uh, the profiles there are for Bidusu and Uisu exactly the same. We had already translated that stuff. Uh, let's see, that was back on December. 19th so you've already got that information there
1: but we did have some confirmations as far as voice actors which was really nice to see because as far as we knew we had nozawa and you know all of the the main cast coming back but we now know that a lot of the carryovers from dragon ball kai will be staying um unfortunately we lost uh gory daisuke so his replacement will be staying um, even though i do like him he's okay he's yeah. i mean gori come on mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same but whatever so uh the biggest surprise to me was that Aya Hirano was sticking around as Dende.
0: Was that really a surprise, you? I wasn't really surprised by
1: it. I kind of was, because as far as we had talked before, it was going to be more of a stunt cast sort of thing. And
0: she's had some BS going down with her and staying in yeah. the industry. She had that uh-huh. whole thing. just like, I don't even want to voice act anymore. She's like the Japanese Lindsay Lohan in some respects.
1: Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that Eiko Yamada was actually coming back to reprise her role as Mai. Yeah, that's very nice. It's one of those things that when she came back for GT, a lot of people were kind of surprised. And now this is even farther down the road. And she's done even less work since then. She's kind of fallen off the map, essentially retired. And here she is reprising this role that is not a huge major role by any means, but but it's it's a staple character. And it's her character and she's coming back. So I'm really happy to see that.
0: You know, speaking of surprises, this was kind of not a surprise because she sort of spoiled it on her own blog without actually talking about it. And that's uh, Yuko Minaguchi. One of the two projects she came back to uh, Japan to record for seems to have been Battle of Gods. And we're assuming the other one was probably Dragon Ball Kai. She is confirmed to come back as Videl for this movie. So we're excited about that. Woohoo!
1: And other than that, um, yeah, everything else we pretty much expected. expected And like you said, it was all recycled material that we've seen in the pamphlet before. We've translated a lot of it. And for anyone wondering, the character profiles themselves really don't say a whole lot. Like I think, for instance, uh, was it Trunks? Was he's a half sign, half earthling. He has the fighting skills of his father and the brains of his mother. And
0: Critidin and is the strongest human.
1: Yep. And that's all they are. They're very generic. Yeah. Any yeah. fan could make these up and that's... Essentially why we didn't translate all of them.
0: (laughs) If you had to write a profile in two sentences, you would probably come up with uh, something very similar. Yep. All right. We're basically done there. I mean, we got some character art. We got some nice, you know, transparent pings of characters and stuff. So, Which is
1: nice. Things that we never used to get with older (laughs) releases. (laughs) And now everything's all updated and... They throw it up and they're like, here, it's a lossless ping with transparent background. Thank
0: you. I know. They never used to do that. I'm so appreciative. <laughs> I mean, remember all the, like, the sparking Meteor character profiles? People had to cut them out and kind of redraw the rest of their feet and stuff. Nowadays, oh, it's all pings. It's all transparent. And my stuff.
1: favorite is the fact that they're starting to actually switch over to using more of a JavaScript yep. instead of Flash. It's not all Flash-based. Because it based. does not... Just zap your computer. Oh, Julie and I I I were talking about that that the
0: other day. It's like you know, even just four or five years ago, everything was still flash based, and you couldn't even navigate to stuff. Everything's better. Everything. All right, we're we're done
1: there, right? I think so. Kind of recycled stuff. All right, moving on. Here's
0: some uh, maybe interesting stuff. It's kind of geared more toward people who are not regular manga fans, and particularly Dragon Ball fans. That's Free Comic Book Day, which is going to take place on May 4th. Viz is putting something out this year. It says Dual Dragon Ball and Rurouni Kenshin kind of sampler thing. We don't actually know which chapters or kind of introductions it's going to have. It is the original Dragon Ball, so I'm assuming it's going to be probably chapter one and as for Kenshin
1: the longest and best chapter
0: yes uh, so that's probably uh an accurate guess uh Kenshin Rurouni Kenshin Restoration which I'm pretty sure is just their equivalent of the Kanzenban like this big version of Kenshin I
1: believe so I don't
0: think it's I mean I know they did the extra Yahiko stuff and the extra chapters with Kenji and all that stuff, but I don't think that's what restoration is. Kind of weird that as big of a Kenshin fan that I was, I'm not entirely, I mean, I bought all of the graphic novels. I kind of own it. So I'm like, "Eh? all right, I'm done. But anyway, uh, free comic book day. I'm pretty sure it's North America only. I don't actually know the ins and outs of free comic book day but if you head down to your local comic book store usually the more independent comic book stores actually focus on comic books you can grab a whole bunch of free stuff and uh drag them attention one little book will be waiting for you there so i guess go check it out um
1: and then and you can buy the rest
0: yes while you're there go buy the rest All right, Heath, uh, keep us going. We got CD. We were just talking last episode, you and I, about how all this stuff is coming soon. We don't have cover art for things. If it's a CD, we don't have a track listing. If it's a book, we don't have cover art. We're starting to get all this stuff.
1: Which is funny because I went to Amazon looking for the new cover art for the new books that are coming out. Yes. And this just happened to pop up. And I was like, oh. And that stuff's still not there. And then I went and it's like, oh, there's a track listing. Oh, this is nice. And then I started to think a little... So this is, like, due out in a month, but the stuff that's due out in a week, we don't have anything for. I know. So, <laughs> it's what, awesome. What have you. Uh, but anyway, originally this was titled Dragon Ball Z Best Song Collection. It was which, a tentative title. It's a
0: title they've used so many times.
1: Yeah, so we knew something was coming. Well, now the official title is actually Dragon Ball Z 20th Century Songs Best, <laughs> which are all <laughs> of the it. songs best from Okay, which are all of the best songs for the 20th century and essentially what they advertised it as originally, which was just going to be 16 to 17 tracks of your favorite songs from Dragon Ball Z, such as movies, insert songs, opening and ending themes and the like. Which is what this is. It's due out
0: February 27th, man.
1: This is due out February 27th for 2310 yen with a catalog number of COCX37869 for those of you that care about those things. But I was really pleasantly surprised by the track list, although it's nothing we haven't seen before. Stuff that's available on almost all of the albums out there.
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing. We're supposed to have quasi remastered, remixed, and by remix, I don't mean thump a whoop whoop. I mean, kind of go back mm-hmm. to the original tracks, a la the 2006 Best One Half Special. We think, like we, a we don't, no, we don't. Really know yet. So we think yeah. that's what's coming. But yeah, tell me about the track list. It's th- the openings and endings to the TV series, two and two. And then we've got some of the insert songs. We've got like Mind Power and we've got Unmei no He. And uh, we've actually got Hikari no Tabi from the Bardock special. Do we have uh Hope on here? Yep, we do. Um, so we got the yep, two yep. major TV specials. I
1: just thought it was funny that they go from two to nine. For the movies. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't do any of the later movies and they leave out one in four.
0: Well, <laughs> okay. one okay. was, it ended with well, Zenkai Power. yeah, right. So you can, well, uh, then you get the movie insert songs, but they don't always toss those on here.
1: So what no. do you think? Is,
0: is it a pretty good selection? Those later movie songs aren't very often tossed onto compilations. And I don't know if that has to do with Hironobu Kageyama and some of his rights, because he did include those on some of his personal albums at the time in the mid to late 90s. So I wonder if that comes into play, but
1: that very well could.
0: Overall, it's a pretty solid selection.
1: I like it. It. If it's someone that has never really bought a lot of Dragon Ball Z albums, I think this would be a good one to get.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a great starting point. Totally. Mm-hmm. So
1: Now, one thing I did find interesting was when they first promoted this album, they did say 16 to 17 tracks. And we got 15. So it does make me wonder <laughs> what happened to the other one or two.
0: Well, maybe they just filled up the... You know, part of it is Hikari notabi uh has that, like, two-minute slow oh, build-up yeah. opening, which I'm pretty sure they cut down on the 2006 uh, special one-half best remastered, remixed recording album. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, depending on a little bit of that, you can save some space, because, I mean, we think about data, but if it, if it's a regular CD release, you're still kind of stuck to that, what is it, 70 minutes limit on a CD? Yeah, oh, essentially.
1: But I, I the one song I was really happy to see on here, because I will listen to this song whenever it's put on an album, period, is the Day of Destiny, the Gohan transformation... Super Saiyan Grade 5 song.
0: It <laughs> ties in perfectly. I like Boom! that. Teasing the later material. All right, so we got that coming. Uh, I've already got mine on order, so, you know, we'll, we'll check it out when it comes in and let you know what's up with it. So the next bit of news here, the uh, full promo video for Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission on the Nintendo 3DS that was put up by Namco Bandai. Not a whole lot we didn't already know. In fact, I don't know that there's anything we didn't already know in this trailer. Uh, oh, maybe... Maybe we can talk about this. One of our uh, foreign members, very, very keen eye, as I said on Facebook, noticed that the promo, well, we all noticed that the promo showed Birusu and Uisu, but Uisu had a named attack that flew by super, super fast in the trailer but we were able to uh, grab a look at it. Uisu's attack is Hakai no Kyoku, or Prelude to Destruction. So I, I guess this kind of ties into Battle of God stuff, but uh, a lot of people have been theorizing, all right, if Birusu is the god of destruction, is Uisu the god of creation? Kind of play off of that idea. And I think you and I are both kind of like, nah, he's going to be a Makaioshin. We're, we're like, yeah, yeah. come on, we're really hoping that. So knowing that Uisu has this attack, called prelude to destruction seems to be kind of evil intent so knowing that the rest of this hero's promo videos everything we already knew about the game shows some of the opening animation and some of the which is you know beautiful. the cards the galaxy missions let's take what we can focus on battle of gods here is there anything you want to take away from this one little tiny tidbit of information about uisu
1: it really gets my hopes up that my guess for what's going to happen in the movie is more and more likely now. You think? I think someone is pulling the strings, and uh, I think I don't. I mean, I don't. Spoiler alert! No, <laughs> what well, can this you is spoil completely in out? my head? But uh, Beelzebub, I think, is just being strung along, and eventually Goku and him kind of like put two and two together and realize. Hey, I'm being used, what's going on? And then everything flips. I don't know if it's gonna kinda what I'm going with. I don't know. But then I'm torn on that too because I think there is more to it than that. And I don't know. Wow, you're really giving the writers some credit in your head here. I know, but in my head then I'm going, I've seen Dragon Ball movies before. (laughs) This is nothing like that.
0: No, no. I don't think it's gonna be quite that level. I think he's happy Sue, to play along here and you know, destroy. But I do think Uisu has some ulterior motives at the very least.
1: I do too, for so, the most part. So
0: now that we turned Ultimate Mission into a total discussion on Battle of Gods, I mean, you go knew watch was it. Happen. It's nothing we didn't already know. Uh, I guess let's stick with Battle of Gods. You want to tell me about some cards?
1: Uh Miracle Battle Cardass series is getting a new update. Um, it's this is actually Dragon Ball Kai marketed. Yeah, they're is still keeping correct? it. That's what I thought, which is kind of weird, but whatever. It's one of the only things. It. So it's coming out with a Miracle of God booster pack, which will bring the Battle of Gods into this ongoing card game uh, that comes out sometime this April, April twelfth, it looks like. Now, Heath, uh, we had
0: like all of two people comment how amazing our performances mm-hmm. were last episode. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to ask you: Can you play the role of excited promotional manager here? Ooh. And then and, I don't know. That's a and give us this amazing quote from the marketing.
1: Mm. All right. Let me put my acting hat on. <laughs> okay. Appearing for the first time in the movie opening March 30th. New characters join the battle at top speed. Characters that also have a role to play in the movie appear as Boost Kira limited edition campaign card included. Unless you know sorry. what you're doing with card has that means nothing to me. It's just gibberish. Nope. Yeah, complete <laughs> gibberish. It's
0: one of those things. I think it's like numbered number twelve, whatever that happens to mean in this series. But uh yeah, the new booster packs are coming. There's going to be 77 cards in total. They've got super omega cards and limited edition cards and yes. common and super rare and rare and super omega rare. <laughs>
1: like, I totally want these. If
0: you're seven years old, that sounds awesome. Like, I want the super omega rare card, mom.
1: I have to buy them all. I have to have
0: them all. Uh, Yeah, so Cardass has got Battle of God stuff coming.
1: I always forget that Miracle Battle Cardass is even around. It's
0: a thing. I know, because Heroes kind of took over for Dragon Ball in terms of cards, because it can tie into a game as well, instead of just well a video well, game. Well, and then,
1: I mean, before we had all the Dragon Battlers cards. Yeah, yeah. They were coming out, and... A lot of times, the only times I get cards is when I buy some new merchandise <laughs> and it comes with a card. I'm like, oh. Hey,
0: I was telling Julian, I've got so many Dragon Ball Heroes cards that I can't do anything with. I got a giant pile of them just from ordering crap from Japan.
1: We should just compile them all together and ship them off to him.
0: I probably have a pretty good deck at this point. I don't know.
1: Here you go, Julian. Have fun. Knock yourself out, man. Go play.
0: All right, that's pretty much it for news at this point, right? Like that's a slow week for us, which is surprising. And I, but appreciate I'll it. take
1: it. Just, just wait. Next three weeks. <sighs> no, Ugh. no. Uh... I can wait. All right. So anyway, content to the topic. All right,
0: Heath, you kind of did the grunt work that Julian did the grunt work from and we got up the rest of the voice actor translations from their interviews and Tenka Ishii Densetsu, which is that was one of the anime guidebooks.
1: Correct. It was the Dragon Ball TV anime guide that was released in 2004.
0: Yeah, I'm clicking through to make sure we say the right year. July 7th, 2004 for 1300 yen. Getting it right this time. 2004 my god this book is almost 10 years old god damn I know. it
1: which is weird because this when is I the new book it, to me i don't. when i first got this book you know you you thumb through it right away that's the first thing you do yeah. you go what is in this thing right Ooh, look at all the what pictures. don't
0: i recognize from the Daisenshu?
1: yes so for the longest time it's like our, initially we knew these were in there all these interviews but no one ever did anything with them they were just there and over the years I essentially forgot about them until they were brought up in discussion. We started putting the actual content page together Mm -hmm. for Tenkaichi, Densetsu. I was like, oh, yeah, these are in here. And you start flipping through them. You're like, god damn, there are so many freaking interviews in this book. I think by far this book has more interviews in it, you know, just per page count than any other book I own. Yeah, it might amazing.
0: Right. And it's got not just the voice actor stuff, but it's got some of the round table things, right?
1: Well, yeah, it's got the big, uh, cross discussion with, uh, Toriyama, Uh Takao, Koyama, and Nozawa, right? Together.
0: Which is great. I know we talked about that one before. So what we're really doing now is kind of just a mini follow-up to that. Now that we've had a chance to post the rest of these, you and I are just gonna pull out, you know, a couple things, a couple trends. What do we notice here? What's really fun about these interviews? And, you know, after that we'll talk about grade five, which will be fun but uh kind of one of the biggest trends i saw in all of these and this is what you would expect me to talk about but i have to talk about it because they they all talk about it is that every Mm -hmm. single voice actor defers to nozawa as the
1: master of the trade they love her essentially
0: there's so many quotes about like uh takashi kusao who played trunks talking about how he did gotenks where he wanted to try and follow her but she would just match whatever he was doing so he felt really comfortable doing it and uh, Yuko Minaguchi who played Videl but she also did uh, Pan when she had a couple scenes that she had to talk to herself there, uh, people were you know kind of jabbing at her like, oh, well, it's your turn to do this, just like Nozawa. And she's like, oh, God, I, I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. So lots of stories like that where they all said they would make she or Nozawa would make everyone feel really comfortable and just be the most professional about it. And so for those of you playing along with the unannounced, unofficial Kunzenshi drinking game, uh, you can take a couple now for Mike talking about other folks' undying love for Nozawa.
1: I guess one thing that I really pulled out, and this goes with your Nozawa take, is, uh, in Toru Furuya, his interview, he actually said that Nozawa was not only such a great veteran, but anyone that was new that right. would come into the fold, she would kind of just take them under her wing, help them, and she'd do whatever she could to cater to their needs, mm-hmm. um, to help them open up as relax. Open up and relax, as he put it. Which is just really nice to see. And also, Furuya would go through and talk about how, even though they're all veterans, they would take on what he dubbed kitchen sink roles. Yeah. And they would just fill in. And and you see it in the credits all the time. And a lot of it's not even credited at all. Like He talks about the Bai men and how Furukawa, who played Piccolo, and Suzuoki, who did Tenshinhan, and himself took on the roles of all the sci-fi men. Right, and that's something that I had never even known. As far as we knew, it, they were just random people that they had make the noises. But it's whoever was recording that day. They just said, "Hey, you guys are all going to be side by men. Here we go!" And right? Boom! They just do it. Yeah,
0: we actually—that's
1: really think cool.
0: Mina Gucci might have actually had one in there as well, where she talked about. Uh, don't quote me on that, but someone talked about a role that no, I wasn't even credited for this, but this is one I did. I'm like, oh, great, we have a confirmation on who played that little side minor character
1: now. And you know, I can't even pull out all the stuff through here but there's a lot of things like that that are just littered everywhere. It's
0: like, wow. You know, while we're talking about Furia, uh, of course, the amazing voice actor for Yamcha, I want to pull this out. There's a a couple things where people are talking about how they got into character and how they would play them, how they would know what role to play, especially him. He has done some of the biggest roles in anime history. So I just want to read a little bit of uh, how he talked about getting into the role and playing Yamcha. He said, for example, if it was my Amuro Ray from Mobile Suit Gundam, I get into an Amuro way of speaking by doing some of his unique lines. So even now, before I perform by seeing one of Amuro's signature lines like, you hit me, I immediately get back into that character's feel. With Saint Seiya, when I feel burn up my cosmos, I become Seiya. But Yamcha doesn't have any signature lines, so I'd be very unsure of myself. Well, it's probably just me who thinks that. It wasn't much of a problem in practice. I love that because he goes on to talk about how excited he was when the Don showed up, but then he's still lost and Yamcha just gets thrown by the wayside. Like he kept getting really excited about these random developments Yamcha would have. And especially when Trunks came on the scene, it's just like,
1: well, all right then. Oh, what was, oh, who was that? Was that uh, Norio Wakamoto? Somebody was talking about how, oh, Suzuoki, who who also did the uh, Tenkaichi kai announcer uh-huh I actually have that right? quote here <laughs> yeah where he's talking about how I started to use this voice and I didn't think he'd be around that long but then as it turns out he's around a lot and I really hated myself for using that voice because it hurt.
0: That was actually the single other quote I pulled out to talk about. Yeah, he did it in this falsetto voice. He said, he was like, oh, I can't believe I did this. Uh, he said, it was nothing but high energy lines and falsettos, so it was really exhausting. I really made a mistake with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that all these years later, that's what he remembers about doing that character. Is. Yeah, that was the yeah.
0: Afterlife tournament uh, announcer in particular.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then I guess, uh, Norio Wakamoto, while I brought him up, I might as well go with it. Uh, one of my favorite parts from his interview was the fact that when he first saw Cell, he was really confused. Yep. And he had no idea what this creature was going to be. And then he, I'm guessing saw a lot of the lines and was like, Oh my God, he's actually, he talks like a normal person. So then he took this unnatural performance to his voice in order to do it. And so he started using this raspy voice. And he didn't, he said that even hurt. Right. And so he wasn't able to perform the character comfortably. And that was something that kind of ties into Dragon Ball Kai a little, because a lot of people noted the change in his performance of that character. So...
0: Yeah, first form selling Kai, he told like this, and then brings it back down a little bit.
1: And so I think a lot of that ties in. And he even admits here in 2004 that, yeah, that was not comfortable and... So when he Well the thing is his, he
0: says he does it better form. now. Yeah. He's, he thinks it's better now. I'm like, no, no, you are wrong. You did it better back then. Even if you're And so
1: that's why when he got to the perfect form, he purposely changed it because the character now looks less monstrous. Right. So he decided he could do it in a more Talk normal manner. yeah. And it's just the weird things like that that you don't really think about as a fan sometimes is oh, that's why he changed his voice. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, and you get instances like Suzuki who the character never changes, never transforms. So you essentially have to use the same voice mm-hmm. all the time. There are a couple people,
0: I think it was Suzuki and Minaguchi, that both said that family members and such would ask them to do the voice in person, and their nephews and cousins and stuff would be like, yeah, it doesn't sound like that character. Like, well, wait, but, but it's totally me. What do you mean? I love that Because
1: part. they... The, they theorized in the interview that it's because they associate a voice with seeing the picture of the character, yeah. but instead they see their ugly mug doing this <laughs> voice. It just doesn't compute. That's great,
0: though. I love the idea of family members kind of being in the mix there. Oh,
1: who, what? I can't even remember because there's, there's 12 interviews here that I read through, but somebody noted that uh, they told like their niece or nephew, someone that they got cast in this role, uh-huh. they're like... No way. They didn't believe them. (laughs) Right. That might have been Suzuwoki. That could be. Yeah. The late and great uh,
0: Hirotaka Suzuwoki at this point. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's another thing is you're reading a couple of these. Uh, Suzuwoki has passed away. Um,
1: Takeshi Aono.
0: Yeah. uh, Played Piccolo Daimo and God. So it's, it's nice to reflect and see what their thoughts were know nine years ago at this point reflecting back still nine ten years on some of those roles it's it's great to have that to look back on
1: but there are some gems in there so please read them highly suggest people go read them yes
0: yes All right, so we're done. Let's transition into our second mini topic of this episode. Now, the reason this came about, I'm pretty sure, is because Saiga on our forum recently started up a uh, discussion thread. Hey, so the way the series goes, Gohan transforms against Cell. We, of course, know this as Super Saiyan 2 nowadays because it's... 2013 and we've had all these years to reflect on it but if you go back to the series that stage is not given a name until chapter 474 that's when Goku is kind of up there in the sky with Boo and Babidi and he's like hey this is Super Saiyan this is the level beyond Super Saiyan I guess you could call it Super Saiyan 2 <laughs> and then he goes into Super Saiyan 3 transformation that's the first time we get a na- like we get the name for Super Saiyan 2 when we get Super Saiyan 3. It's never named up until that point. It's just a thing that's been done. So Saiga's question was, hey, there's actually some time in between then. What did Japanese people call that stage? And I'm sure Jake read that and said, I am not sleeping until I get to the bottom of this Because I want to know the answer to this. So that's what he did. He sent me a text one day and he's like, hey, do you have the film anime comics of the Trunks TV special? And I was already passed out on the couch at that point. So I didn't get back to him until the next day. I'm like at work already going, nah, I don't own it. Sorry, you know, we'll check back later. I get home, I look at my shelf going, oh, I actually do own this book. I'm pretty sure uh, I picked it up. I think that was when you and Corey were here and we all did that trip up to New York and went to book off. I think I grabbed it then, which it's a a relatively more recent acquisition of mine, which is why I don't remember purchasing it. But uh, so I did have it. I'm like, yeah, back in this book, actually does showcase all the different forms of Super Saiyan and Super Saiyan 3 had not debuted at that point. So here's the interesting thing. You have the back history here. At the point this book came out, in these film anime comics, we've talked about these. These are animanga. They're screenshots from the animated adaptation with word balloons put into a manga. It's the adaptation of the adaptation of the original. The redundantly redundant animanga, as Julian says.
1: And they were released out of order. They
0: were released completely out of order. It was fun times. This one, for the Trunks TV special, came out May 31st, 1993. So to put this in a time span perspective, that week was manga chapter 422. Now remember, Goku didn't talk about this stuff to Boo until 474. Chapter 422 is when Gohan's in high school, is meeting Fidel and all that stuff. And then over in the TV series, Gohan had only just transformed two weeks earlier against Cell. So this was completely fresh, basically hot off the presses new information. So you've got this book. Remember, there's no Dai There's no... I mean, we had the boken special back in... What
1: was that? 80... 88. 87, 88. Somewhere in there.
0: So there's not anything really for guidebooks for this whole part of the series so the back of this book starts detailing yes this is super saiyan yes this is super saiyan grade two super saiyan grade three the ni dankai sandankai stages which are the bulkier forms that vegeta uses and then trunks uses goku actually shows them off in the room of spirit and time as well he's like these have you no know, pitfalls to them these are not the way to go about it what we need to do is make the regular super saiyan form the best that it can be become fully natural in it so the book here also talks about that full power super saiyan stage where they bring out the complete full power of regular super saiyan but it also addresses gohan here so we have super saiyan we have grade two we have grade three what we now call full power super saiyan was called super saiyan grade four and then gohan against cell with the one strand coming down what we now call super saiyan two at that point in time in 1993 it was called super saiyan grade five and in parentheses it's like the strongest form of super saiyan i know that
1: that's my favorite part. <laughs> In case
0: you couldn't tell because five is better than three and better than it four.
1: cannot get stronger than this right and Till you know, 50 chapters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: a little bit from there. What do you think about this? He, it's a great question. I mean, it, it's tough because we are in 2013. We know too much.
1: See, and that's the whole thing. It really comes down to perspective because in the U.S. and where we are, the series has been over what seems like forever. We have the Daizenshu. We have all this other information. We have, fortunately, new information that's coming out, which none of us ever really expected.
0: And it's all detailed immediately online by us the day it premieres.
1: Yeah, which back in that day, we didn't have the internet, nothing was set up the way it is these days. Nothing pops up on the internet almost instantly. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have instant communication, instant gratification. This was stuff, you had to live in Japan, you had to buy it, and that's something that a lot of people just, we even can't relate to that. much anymore
0: here's the interesting thing is that this didn't really carry over into later guidebooks it's its history was completely overwritten by Goku's little statement in the manga there Mm -hmm. by saying I guess you could call it Super Saiyan 2
1: which I wouldn't even say is entirely unfortunate but no no it makes total sense it's kind of one of those things where you'd like to see it document at least somewhere just for historical value more than anything of this is what it was called because we didn't have a title for it Mm -hmm. but then it makes you wonder in your head what they were thinking before even Toriyama came up with Super Saiyan 3 if they would have kept having more and more transformations would they just keep going with all these grade values right would they that what we would have
0: would they all be subset transformations within the larger regular super science because at this point right. i mean if you look at the series chronologically not knowing anything i don't know that you would start assigning numbers to things like we do where this is two. Why would you do that? Because it's just Gohan did something. It's just his full power. It's complete potential. It's it's Gohan at his maximum. Why would you call that Super Saiyan 2? I don't know that you would. So this kind of makes sense from that perspective.
1: And then it also throws in the pitfall now that Super Saiyan 2 and Super Saiyan 3 are two completely separate transformations. Right, very distinct. No no sub-transformations, yet Super Saiyan now has multiple grades. Within it, We have what fans have termed this ultimate Super Saiyan, almost to delineate it off from a Super Saiyan transformation so that everything does now fit nicely, where you have Super Saiyan, USSJ, Super Saiyan 2, Super Saiyan 3, and so on. And that's where I think creating a Super Saiyan 2, but at the same point, you think back and it makes total sense why they kept going in this fashion, because why would you all of a sudden distinguish this one transformation from all the others when essentially it is Super Saiyan?
0: Right. And the thing is, Gohan's also a half-breed here, so maybe it's his version of... The Saiyan transformation at its fullest power It's completely different because it's Gohan, not because it's a new super Saiyan stage. It's just Gohan is that powerful.
1: And we see leading up to this that no other character has really attained this. I think there is the anime only scene of Goku kind of. Right, right. Kind of pull it out. Or is it? No, it's Gohan. Gohan
0: does it. Go. The the, yeah, they're in the room of spirit and time. And time. Yeah. Goku's like, ah, oh, he he almost had it. It was, it yeah, was he right got there. Got like a
1: glimpse of it. Yeah, and so I guess at that point, you're the staff coming up with all the stuff. You don't know where Torian was going with it at the time. Nothing becomes clear until almost a year from that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So. It's
0: just such a great time capsule to go back to. And speaking of time capsules, <laughs> we ran into a lot of this online. People like, I know what it was called. It was called, I'm going to call it the A-word. Guys, <laughs> 1993, Funimation did not yet exist as a company for another full year at this point. Whatever things are called in their version of the show has no relevance to this discussion. That's all I'm going to say. At all. At all. At all. So I love time capsules. I'm glad that we could go back in time here and check this out and be like, oh, that's what people would have called what Gohan did at that point in time. That's really neat. And of course, it's overwritten now. That's Super Saiyan 2 because then other characters did it. Goku and Vegeta. So it is what it is.
1: But then you also ask yourself, well, I wonder who in Japan actually walked around using all these really drawn out terms, but who knows? I mean, super Saiyajin die go dankai. Yeah. Everyone's gonna use that all over the place.
0: I don't know. Maybe they did. I mean I don't know. Whatever.
1: That that also may be part of the reason they decided, hey, let's just use Super Saiyan and just start throwing numbers on behind
0: yep because that's a lot easier to say so uh, you you checked out I'm sure by now the little abbreviated version I did on the homepage Jake did a full translation of this entire section from the Trunks TV special film anime comics it's got more stuff about Broly about some of the extra transformations stuff we haven't even gotten into here so you can check that out and of course we will document this stuff when the transformation guide one of I know a lot of folks' favorite sections from Dazen Chui X that thing was one of the first guides that Julian and I threw ourselves into after the 2003 relaunch. Remember we were talking about Tenka Ichi Densetsu earlier? That was 2004. We did the transformation guide before the next round of guidebooks had even come out. So there is so much more information, documentation to throw in there. We want to give it the attention it deserves. Right now we're working on other stuff. We will get back to it. There will be a transformation guide. Revival. EX plus Alpha on Kan Let's say in two
1: years. Okay. That's that fair. seems like a, a nice timetable.
0: Yep. All right, dude. Uh this is actually sorta of turning into a normal length episode, so let's call it quits while we're sorta of ahead right
1: now. We are ahead which is good because yep. we haven't quite hit the 45 minute mark yet. <laughs> We're
0: Almost there. Almost there. And uh, I want to go play some video games and stuff before I have to go back to work tomorrow. So uh, let's, let's just start no more teases about content. There's plenty of things coming, plenty more interviews. Heath, tell Ooh, the yeah. kids, consenshu,
1: where was it? You can find us on the interwebs at www.kanzenshuu.com. You can also follow us on Twitter You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Google+. And then you can also join us, our grand community, our forum, our hopefully soon-to-come wiki. And just have a good time with us. You can find out all sorts of really fun things like what we just talked about
0: right because what jake does is he posts giant threads uh five years before they become sections on the website that is our what is the term modus operandi yes it's what we do all right dude consenshi.com your name is heath your name is hugio thank you
1: thanks for having me
0: my name is mike my name is f- that, that biting my lip as i'm talking that
1: is your name that's your
0: new x this was episode 322 322 of our podcast here at konzenshu coming back at you strong in february as we head toward that march 30th release date of battle of gods we have officially hit that 45 minute mark so i am done i'm
1: gonna lose all my hair (laughs) in march i
0: swear uh don't you mean the rest of it
1: oh that's true it's
0: okay i'm heading that way too it's totally starting (laughs) to thin out recede (laughs) <laughs> yep
1: but that's a topic for a different
0: <laughs> and it's a different podcast consenshi.com later folks we'll check you back next week